0: You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, howdy, everybody, and welcome back into another episode of Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action, talking all things Texas A&M, and on today's show, well, basketball season's over. I mean, it didn't go the way I wanted, but... I'll give a lot of credit to and not playing in a month, closing out the season on two really surprising games against one against a top 15 team. You got to give a lot of credit there to what Buzz Williams did in that month of just trying to probably talk to his players. This episode of Locked on Aggies is brought to you by Built Bar, where a protein bar meets a candy bar. Go visit BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON20, don't forget that 2-0, to save 20% off your next purchase. As always, make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. I am the host of the show, and I love public feedback. Anything you can do to help make this a more quality-sounding podcast Monday through Friday, give me a follow, give me a shout-out, and I will add it into the repertoire. Secondly, Locked on Aggies. Locked on Aggies is your number one source for all things found on LOP with the 12th man. Subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, listen live every single day, because every single day is a Locked on Podcast day here at LockedOnPodcast.com. All right, let's talk about it. Texas A&M basketball. I know a lot of people are going to go, ah, yeah, it's a great, great loss. And I'm just like, uh, okay, yeah, it actually is. I don't know what people are complaining about this loss. Yeah, I know Texas A&M had the lead. Yeah, I know Texas A&M took them down to the wire. I know that Savion Flag and Quentin Jackson had their chances to make a big splash. And it all went south. Very last couple minutes, the difference was on Saturday against a team that hasn't played in a month. One shot, one missed shot in the last minute. The Aggies ran stride for stride with the with the SEC's highest scoring team in 2021. They are score more than the SEC winners, Alabama. And they've done it at a consistent level all season. It just went south at the very last minute. An 87-80 loss in Fayetteville. A&M trailed 81-78 with less than 30 seconds remaining on the clock. J.J. Chandler found Quentin Jackson open in the corner for a potential game-tying shot. Um, I think Jackson had five threes, something along the lines of that. Uh, But he rebounded out. Uh, they was rebounded out. They were only able to get two points later, and that was kind of the game. I mean, that was it. They they the uh, what was it? They scored a three. I think they scored back to back threes in the last thirty seconds. It was an eighty seven eighty loss. Uh, the Aggies didn't play in over a month, and they held Arkansas to one of their lowest scoring games in a first half. Andre Gordon hit a pair of threes. Uh, there was also another pair of threes from Chandler and Savion Flag. They ran an eighteen to two lead with a shocking thirty-one to twenty-one lead with over five minutes remaining in the path. Eighteen to two run. I mean, this is the highest scoring team in the SEC. You watch how Arkansas plays basketball. They're not only efficient. They shoot consistently, and they shoot a lot, and that's why they're the highest scoring team is because if they don't take a lot of time passing the ball and setting up pick and rolls or setting up, you know, drives to the rim, they see an open window, they take it. That, 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 that's what they do, and that's what they've done all season. That's why they are a top fifteen team. It's just that they just take their shot. A and maintain the advantage uh, up until Arkansas's guard, uh, Jalen Tate hit a, I think it was a three-pointer at that point, uh, for a 58-57 lead with 11.58 to play. That'd be it. Unfortunately, that was it. After that lead change, with just over under 12 minutes left to play, that was basically it. The lead changed six times until Moses Moody hit a three-pointer to put Arkansas up 79-78. So then no one ever really took a big-time lead. A&M committed the most turnovers of the season, was 17. It was the one that led to Moses Moody's three-pointer that gave them the lead. After that, Devontae Davis deflected a a, a pass off a mid-court, stolen by flag. This led to a Justin Smith dunk that put Arkansas up by three with 34 seconds left. Then, of course, you had the shot. Back-to-back three-pointers. Arkansas has now posted seven consecutive victories since falling to Oklahoma State in the Big 12. SEC tournament challenge. AM has lost two games by teams who were statistically better than them, but also have been playing by less than 10 points in each matchup. So let's just take that into consideration. AM did not play for over a month. Their last game was against Kansas State, and they close out the year with. Two games, one against a top 15 opponent, and they lose those games as expected, but they lose those games by under 10 points. This is a team that has not been able to practice consistently. They've not been able to practice with each other. They've not been able to do a lot with each other over the span of the last, I, I want to say it's been 28, you know, 28 days. You're learning on Zoom. You're learning on Google. You're learning on. You know, on film, you're not out there learning how to, you know, push up against one of your own players. You're not, you don't have the scout team defense out there that's showing you a look of what you're going to see on the court. You're just literally sitting here and going, okay, I'm just going to shoot and hope to God it goes in. That's what you're looking at if you're AM. And to lose by less than 10 points in each game, I consider that at least somewhat of a moral victory. And I know there's no such thing as moral victories, I get it. I get it. But I said this at the start of the year and I'm going to stand by it. AM, it was a lost year after like the fourth canceled game. At least it was like three more games that got canceled because of it. So AM is not in a terrible spot. However, AM now will enter the tournament as the second lowest seed, I think. I think that they actually are the 12th seed in the SEC tournament when they take on Vanderbilt in the Bridgestone Arena in Nashville, Tennessee on... um I don't know, AM is the 13th seed. But when they take them on on Wednesday, uh, that game will be played featured at 6 p.m. on SEC Network. These two teams had both their games canceled, but this is the play-in game. Uh, keep in mind, Auburn's not here because of Auburn's sanctions, so they will not be in any type of tournament, their season's over because of the self-imposing ban of postseason play. a uh, and now is going to have to try to get a big time win. If they win against Vandy, it doesn't get much easier, but it does get a little bit more plausible. The winner of that team game will take on the number five Florida Gators. Now, Mississippi State will take on Kentucky. Uh, Georgia will take on Missouri, South Carolina will take on Ole Miss, which means Alabama got the number one seed, Arkansas got the number two seed, LSU got the number three seed, and Tennessee got the number four seed. If A&M is to win that game against the Vols, they would then play the winner of the Mississippi State slash Kentucky-Alabama game. They didn't get to see Alabama this year. So that's another tough one. If they win that game, over the Crimson Tide, they will be in the SEC championship and they will play either Arkansas, LSU, Ole Miss, South Carolina, Missouri, or Georgia. Now, Missouri beat AM both times. South Carolina beat AM. Ole Miss beat AM. Arkansas beat AM. AM barely lost to LSU. So it's a struggle. I'm not going to sit here and deny it. There are a lot of games on this schedule. That A&M has no idea what they're going to see because they never got a chance to see them during the regular season because of COVID. I would say if A&M can get two wins in this tournament, if they can get past Florida and take on Alabama, that's a really good season. That's a very good season overall. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I they have to win every single game except for the SEC championship to get to the NIT. If there even is an NIT, I I honestly do not know off the top of my head if there's an NIT this year. And if they do, that's the only way. Two wins just shows potential for the future of the program. The NCAA is also looking into potentially bringing most of these players back on the waiver eligibility because of COVID basically knocked out half their season. This episode of Locked on Aggies is brought to you by Blue Chew. Blue Chew is making waves and bringing more confidence in the bedroom. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients found in Cialis or Viagra, but in a chewable form for a fraction of the cost. Blue Chew's tablets are combat all forms of ED and can help men gain the extra confidence when it's time to perform. It's an online prescription service, so there's no visits to the doctor, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Plus, it ships right to your door in a discreet package, so those nosy neighbors like Agatha Harkness do not have to stop by. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of your licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive the prescription within days. Best part, it's all done online. BlueChew is a chewable pill, so you don't have to swallow it, and if you don't like swallowing pills... That is done. It gives you a ta-da feeling, and you're ready to perform. Go visit our deal at BlueChews.com and try BlueChew for free when you use the promo code LOCKEDON at checkout. Just pay $5 for shipping and handling. That's BlueChew.com, promo code LOCKEDON to receive your first month's free. And we want to thank BlueChew for supporting this podcast. What does Dick Vitale, the NCAA tournament? And our next sponsor all have in common, the back baby. That's right. The NCAA tournament, March Madness will be back in action. But on top of that, you also have, of course, the FCS football season. You have basketball at the NBA and MLB is right around the corner. So when you go place a bet this upcoming week, make sure you go to the one place we love and the one place we trust. That's betonline.ag. Betonline.ag gives you the best buyouts, the best lines, and the best bets to make sure you walk away with some extra cash in your pocket. Plus, when you follow them on social media at betonline.ag, you will be able to see updated information to help you win extra cash during a parlay, during a battle, whatever you want to call it. You will have a shot if you follow them on social media. But, stop sitting on the sidelines and get into the action by visiting betonline.ag and using the promo code LOCKEDON. That's a 50% welcome bonus with your very first deposit when you use the promo code LOCKEDON. betonline.ag your are online sportsbooks experts. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in talking all things Texas A&M. There's more sports in the world than just college football. And there's definitely more than just Aggie football. But if you want to listen to the top news in sports, don't listen to a bunch of podcasts. Listen to one. Locked On Today with Peter Bukowski. Peter breaks down all the major storylines going on in the sporting world today, including... News in college football, college basketball, and of course, every single major sport in America. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast listening systems. Let's give a big shout out to the manager himself, Rob Childress. Now, why am I shouting out Rob Childress's name today? Well, simple. He's been at Texas A&M for over a decade. He has been the stalemate of what Aggie baseball has represented, not just in the Big 12, but also in the SEC as one of the top programs to attend And more than any of that, he has been a fantastic manager for the Aggies. And this past weekend, he was able not just to get the sweep over New Mexico State, he also was able to pick up his 600th career win as a manager. Congratulations to you, Rob. Everything that you do in Aggie baseball is fantastic, and we cannot be more excited for your career moving forward. But there was a couple games to talk about, so let's start breaking them down. Let's start off with this number, 43. Why is that number important? Because it was the number of batters that struck out against the Aggies' bullpen and their rotation over the weekend when they were at Bluebell Park. The Aggies struck out 43 players, allowing just two runs over the course of the game. Jonathan Childress started on the mound on, I believe, Sunday, and he picked up where Dustin Sainz and Bryce Miller left off. The lefty made one mistake. He gave up one home run. In the 5th inning, it was a solo jack. After that, that was the only run that any pitcher gave up. He also racked up 10 punch-outs over the course of 6 innings in the uh, 1-run ball. The Aggie Stars allowed just 5 hits and issued 1 walk. I believe they allowed also only 3 runs on the game. It was in the 6th inning of Game 3 where the offense really started to step up. Mikey Hunter delivered a strike that would bring home Ryan Target Later in the frame, Will Frizzell walked with the bases loaded to give the home nine a 3-to-1 advantage. After Childress was taken out for the game, they put in Mason Orlanus. He worked two scoreless innings, and Agus Majors tar- Maggers talked off, topped off a perfect, perfect, man, that was a lot to say. Ninth inning that allowed these two to finish the game off on the right note. AM's bats, once again, they stayed hot. They were able to continue to drive the ball deep in the corners. They scored with runners on van, uh, on, on base. Logan Britt led the team, finishing three for five with a trio of singles and three RBIs. This puts AM on a five game victory week, and now they're on a five game winning streak. AM has also won eight of their last nine games, and you can start to see the momentum picking up. Their one loss came in that Round Rock Classic, or they'd be perfect going into this year. AM is going to try to make it six in a row this upcoming week as they take on Texas A&M, Corpus Christi. They come to College Station. The first pitch will be against the Islanders at 632 at Olsen Field at Bluebell Park. Baseball is such an entertaining sport. And I think college baseball gets kind of lost because of you have all these high schoolers going to the pros. And because of that, you think, oh, well, these kids aren't good enough because they didn't get drafted right out of high school. That's not the case. Some of these kids are better suited to go play in college, build a name for themselves, and potentially get to the majors a lot faster than that high school kid. I was doing research last night on a guide for an article I'm doing later this week. And anyone remember the name Bubba Starling from Nebraska? No, but he was supposed to be the starting quarterback. He was supposed to be the um, the outfielder with the center fielder for them. Great arm, great size. Drafted fifth overall in 2011 by Kansas City. He never really panned out into anything. But there was a couple more players who were in that draft class, like Garrett Cole, who needed less than a year in the minors before he was able to come up to the pros and make a name for himself as one of the best pitchers in baseball today. With not just the Pittsburgh Pirates, not just the Houston Astros, not just the New York Yankees, just straight-up pitchers in baseball. These kids sometimes go to a program to better their chances. Think of this. Asa Lacey last year, he got drafted, I think, in the sixth or seventh round right out of high school. He went to college for three years, number four overall pick. His window will be shorter to get to the pros than the guy who was like a Mickey Maniac who was drafted number one overall coming out of high school you expect them to be in the minors 3 4 years get used to uh, get used to bat speed get used to uh, pitching speed get used to you know fielding get used to the balls that come at them you know how fast they're coming in you expect all that it's harder when you're playing in college you kind of get that middle ground to kind of break things up and i think that that's kind of where AM sits they're a loaded roster and I was really worried about the pitching staff. I mean, you lose your top two guys right off the bat. You lose Christian Roa and you lose Asa Lacey. Everyone knew Lacey was going to go. I was very shocked how high Roa went. Um, that's awesome. I think he's going to be great for the Cincinnati Reds or he's going to be an excellent trade piece down the line to wherever he lands. But yeah, I look at this roster and I thought, okay, the bats are still there. They really only lost one guy in the, in the, in the, in the batting rotation. They, they got a little bit better. They got a little bit older. They're able to replace the production in center field. They really started relying on the defensive guy with uh, Ray Alejo. So they, they have a lot of talent there to be really good. But I, I really like this roster. I think that they're in a very good spot and they have a lot of stars that can make a name for themselves that are kind of all over the place. I, I mean, think about this. Alejo is a graduate student and Ryan uh, Target he's a freshman and he's, been playing really good ball so there's a lot of different talent here that you can you know kind of break down and see where they sit so this is a roster that I think has a very good shot of being very competitive in not just SEC ball but also all the way to the college world series hopefully there is a college world series in Omaha we're we're still trying to figure all that part out this episode of Locked on Aggies is brought to you by Built Bar. Now, you know the Built Bar codes of the past, but I got something better for you. We've been telling you about Built Bar for so long that Built Bar, with amazingly low calories, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, they're great. And you guys have bought so many Built Bars. And everyone always messages me, What's the best Built Bar? Let's find out. Built Bar Madness, just like. The actual NCAA tournament built bar has their own competition to where you, the fans, the consumer, can vote on which is the best built bar of all time. It's really simple. Go to builtbar.com or go to built underscore Bar on Twitter to go vote on today's matchup Apple Almond Chris versus Churro Puff and Peanut Butter Brownie versus Raspberry. This is really simple for me. I have peanut butter brownie all the time. I eat that one almost as much as I probably eat the peanut butter one. It all depends on my sweet tooth that morning. That is the easy winner over raspberry. An apple almond crisp is not bad, but I love the taste of churros. I've never had a churro puff one, but it sounds delicious. Let me know in the comments what you think is the best matchup. But I have moving on churro puff and peanut butter brownie. Make sure you also go visit us at BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON20 for 20% off your next order. That promo code is BUILTBAR, uh, 20% off LOCKEDON20 at BuiltBar.com. And check in later today who has won the matchup to see which is the best protein bar of all time. Locked On Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in actually talking about- Texas A&M. Guys, make sure that you're listening to the Peacock and Williamson Show as NFL analyst Brad Peacock and, of course, former NFL Draft Scout Matt Williamson. Breakdown, everything you need to know about pro days, upcoming events, and, of course, the NFL Draft right around the corner. Plus, free agency is about ready to start up, and I have no idea what is going on. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast listening systems. All right, we'll close the show out with this. we got to talk a little bit of football today. Who is the breakout star for Texas A&M this year, or going into next year? Uh, Brad Crawford from 24-7 Sports wrote a great piece on every SEC player's breakout star, and it comes at a little surprise of who he picked. I believe it's someone else because of, let me get my reasoning in a minute, but he said Devon A-Chain is definitely the breakout star for Texas A&M going into the 2021 season. Texas A&M's relentless tenacity at the line of scrimmage with its rushing attack last season led to great things for the Aggie program, who finished one win shy of a college ball playoff berth. Several of those dependable ball carriers are back, including leading rusher Isaiah Spiller and his sidekick, Devon A. Chain. But A. Chain is no Robin. He averaged eight yards per carry in a limited action role last season and is poised to break out. I think, yes... A-Chain is the the right answer for the breakout player. Because I think Anaya Smith is going to be used in so many different ways. He is going to be built in so many different directions. He's going to be able to do so much that you aren't going to label him a running back. I think you're just going to label him an athlete, if you want my honest answer. Because that's what his role is going to be. But, I look at breakout players, I saw everything I needed to see about A-Chain. I don't think that If we're talking production-wise, yeah, A-Chain is the breakout player. Hands down, he's the breakout player. If we're talking about breakout player who I still have no idea what to expect and what his high end could be, my pick would be Antonio Johnson. Because Johnson is this guy who, if you add about 10 more pounds to him, could be like a Jeremiah owusu Koromora from Notre Dame, playing that rover role. Where if you want him as a linebacker, he's your money back kind of style of play. If you want him as your safety, he can stay deep back. If you want him in your nickel, he can do that too. There's a lot of roles with a guy like Antonio Johnson. And I think the biggest thing is Mike Elko understands that. He understands that I have a player who is just so versatile and is so talented. But there's also so many other players on the field and on the depth chart who are higher than him, like a guy such as Devin Morris, who everyone says, oh, he's going to take over for Devin Morris. Well, Morris isn't going anywhere, and he's still the nickel guy. What you have to do is you have to find a way to keep him on the field. And if he takes, say, 800 snaps next season, 800 snaps in a 12-game, in a 12-game season, and he's consistently in that sub-linebacker role, say 200 of those snaps— Uh, probably like that nickel position, 375 of those snaps, safety, 200 of those snaps. He plays big nickel, which is basically a linebacker or a safety that plays in the nickel role. But you also have a nickel defender on top of it. You see those a lot in dime formations. If he plays that 100 times, that's a versatile guy. It's a versatile chess piece that you want him on the field because of his agility allows him to be special in coverage. His speed allows him to play pretty much any player and his tackling skills are top-notch so I personally put a guy like a chain in the he broke out enough last year to where we just want to see that consistent production on the flip side of things you mentioned a guy like Johnson where yeah he filled in for Devin Morris but I think he can do way much more that would be who my breakout player for 2021 would be. That's gonna do it for this edition of Locked On Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked On Aggies. On tomorrow's show, we will be talking all things quarterback related. Why each quarterback has a shot to be successful next season with Jimbo Fisher and Dylan Griffin? You're not gonna want to miss the show. We will see you then, and remember, give me all. This has been. Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network.